history, apologetics, and current events. From the housetops, coming up next. What does it take to make a family? Well, children, of course. Brothers, sisters. And on that note, have you ever thought that Christ might be calling you to be his brother or sister? Priests have many temporal duties demanding their attention. But to be a consecrated brother is to perform a sacred supporting role that's really been long established by the church, unfortunately too long neglected. We did not join together. I was three years ahead. We both went to college. For I went for one year and Brother Patrick finished his degree. And I decided that I should discern a religious vocation because I didn't think that working for money was really that satisfying. So I was very intrigued by the religious life in high school and had spent some time with the brothers and decided I liked it. So I said, well, I'll try that first. And then I went to St. Benedict Center here and never left. I was brought up right after the council in that atmosphere. I saw all the changes, but I never witnessed a guitar mass until I went to the seminary. And uh, they were quite disturbing, always distracting. And, and sometimes I would not go to Holy Communion because it was just so unsettling. Things were just changing a little too quickly, too, a little too fast. And I thought, well, I might have some things straight, but there's a lot I have to learn. And, and I don't want to put myself in that position where I could lose the faith. I thought, well, I might not become a priest, but at least I'll go to a place where the faith is being held. And so I joined three years later, after graduation from college, and it was sort of the same thing where there was this um, dissatisfaction, this empty feeling for working out in the world, and here working directly for God gives you a focus and a higher motivation for doing whatever you're doing, no matter how small the task may seem. So that was uh, one of my driving motives for coming here. Since then, God's grace has been in action for all these past years, and it's been definitely satisfying to see. Take a hard look at yourself, at your life and work so far. You may be a success, as the world measures success, but that world that you live in has been darkened by sin while Christ's one true church has been broken by scandal. In the time that we live in right now, many of the faithful have grown hostile to the church and to our truths. They really need a family to restore them, that family environment. They need a father, a mother, our father, our blessed mother, and sisters and brothers. Consider what it means to be a consecrated brother, devoted to the loving support of Christ's human family here on earth, and then his mystical body, which is our church. The life of total consecration to God uh, can take on various forms, and the life of consecration as a priest requires the seminary, the seminary training, in preparation for a sacrament. So you're receiving the sacrament of holy orders when you go on to the priesthood. A brother 
is actually called a lay brother. We're not laity in the sense of we're not religious, but we are laity in the sense that we don't take orders, the holy orders. And so that leads us with a little bit of more freedom in terms of uh, the kind of work that we do and, and so forth, and the kind of life that we lead in terms of our, our daily routine and the, and the like. So in other words, we're not bound in this community, we're not bound to the divine office. So there's some major differences there. But the main difference is that one is on track for receiving the actual sacrament of holy orders, and that in itself is a unique calling, and then the other is not. Nevertheless, it is still a consecration to God. It's a vocation that is really needed, and especially in terms of teaching. And this is why our community is, is so essential in terms of uh, establishing, again, these, these traditional Catholic schools. And with the help of God, uh, we'll continue on that, that path. I would uh, think of the brothers as the support troops for the priests and that the priests they um, are the ones who are responsible for giving Christ to others in a way through the sacraments whereas the everyone gives Christ to others through their example but the, as a brother here and especially as a teacher you're able to encounter quite a few individuals over the years and that is a special special grace, I think, where you're almost the father of a family year after year after year for different groups of kids. And um, in that sense, I enjoy that aspect of the vocation and encountering them. And a priesthood is a definitely uh, an elevated calling. Like you wouldn't just rush into the priesthood. You could try religious life and try out a few orders um, and see how you like each one. But for priesthood, you definitely have to be called by God because none of us are worthy of becoming a priest. It's definitely a calling. None of us are worthy to become brothers or sisters, but we are called by God. So that special grace and urge and upbringing has to be there in order to join the priesthood. And for brothers, it is not as lofty as the priesthood, but still enriching both for our us here at St. Benedict Center and for all religious brothers, as well as for those around us, being, as Brother mentioned, being able to touch so many lives has really been a transformative part of our life as well. Yeah, it's quite a blessing. Being a brother is a great privilege. It's a great calling. I mean, St. Bernard believes that uh, a blessed mother was meditating on Isaiah 7:14 when the angel appeared to her to announce her becoming the mother of God. And he believes that she was meditating on that, thinking, if I could only be the handmaid of that virgin, what a great privilege that would be. Little did she think she would be that virgin. And uh, here it is, we have the opportunity to be the slaves of that beautiful woman. We are serving her. That's a great privilege we should never take for granted. It's a great calling. You look at St. Joseph, he was a simple, humble man. He was really of noble birth. He was of the line of David, but he wasn't, uh, God didn't choose him to be a king, but to be, you know, the guardian, the chaste spouse of the Blessed Mother and the guardian of our Lord. That's the greatest privilege anyone, I think, could ever have. So, uh, everyone has their special calling, and I think as far as vocations go, people should ask God what He wants them to do. We all have a special place in God's plan. 
And being a slave of the Blessed Virgin Mary is a great, uh, great privilege. The slaves here in Still River operate a school, chapel, and gymnasium, and even a bookstore and a summer camp up in the woods of New Hampshire. They have devoted their lives to the education and formation, mind, body, and soul, all encompassed, of the Catholic children in their charge, and also the support of the parents as well. This is a crisis in Catholic education because now that we've lost a lot of the teaching nuns and religious, uh, they're run by lay people, and lay people have to be paid. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of be raising families. That's another problem because then all of a sudden um, tuitions are high. We're really only able to educate the the more wealthy, um, so it's very difficult. And that's one of the another beautiful things about. Immaculate Heart of Mary School is that the tuition is low, it's taught by religious, so we can really reach out to those families that have been somewhat um, abandoned by the church, um, families that are trying to be truly Catholic uh, by being um, true to their moral principles of, of marriage and having larger families and, uh, and making that wonderful sacrifice. And so we feel it's a wonderful opportunity for us not to abandon them in their in their Catholic pursuits. Hi, this is Tom Price from EWTN saying thanks for listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Catholic Radio serving Shirley, Fitchburg, and the world. For the protection of our nation, please join us as we pray. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate, so that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our President and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy, born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital, industry, and labor. Protect the family life of the nation, Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of your mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, and on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us, that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. Hi, this is Peter and Jeremy of Your Prayer Intentions reminding you that if you want to get a prayer request to us, there are many ways to do it. You can email us at wqph893 at comcast.net that's wqph893 at comcast.net 
You can tweet us at Radio WQPH. That's Radio WQPH. You can post your prayer request on our prayer wall so that many people can pray for it. That's at WQPHradio.org slash prayer wall. Or if you're not a computer person, you can call us at 978-343-0893. 978-343-0893. For private prayer intention, simply say or send the word private. And we hope to catch you every Saturday at noon on your prayer intentions right here on WQPH Radio. Goodbye and God bless you all. On the WQPH Community Calendar. In 2023, we're expecting to have Tour 2 of the Holy Face Relic with Vicki Schreiner. As you know, she came here last year. We had five really major miracles happen. She's hoping to come in Lent. So if you want to be on the committee or maybe have her come to your church, we'd like to send her to different churches this time. Call us at 978-343-0893 and say, I'd like to have Vicki come to our parish, but I'm going to ask my priest first if he'd like us to come. Also, we have coming up in Lent, 40 hours, which is 40 continuous hours of Eucharistic adoration. We also have a pilgrimage this year, 2023, going to Canton, Ohio. That is the shrine of Rhoda Wise and Mother Angelica. And we ask you, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? We'd like to do some day trips to Little Rose Farron. So we'll have a bus hired at a very modest price, and we can be going there and then stopping for lunch. I know some of you have some great ideas of what you would like our radio station to do. We have to be active. We have to evangelize our faith. It's our duty to help spread our Catholic faith. So if you have any suggestions of your own as to how this can be done, by all means, share them with us. On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus Church in Mechanic Street in Fitchburg is looking for doors for their days of adoration. Adoration is currently Monday after the 8.30 a.m. Daily Mass till 7 p.m. and Tuesdays after the 8.30 Mass till 4 p.m. They're also looking for adorers on Sundays to start the first week of Advent. That'll be running from after the 8 a.m. Mass till after the 6 p.m. Mass on Sundays. If you have an interest in doing adoration on either of those days or in the Sunday adorations, Email us at WQPH893 at Comcast.net. That's WQPH893 at Comcast.net. Subject line, Adoration. This has been the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar. Hello, this is Marianne Lindgren with the Apostolate for Our Lady of America, and you are listening to WQPH 89.3 FM Shirley Fitchburg. Daily life also calls for a total consecration to our Blessed Mother in community with the brothers and sisters. So we have, again, the combination of the monastic and the active life. Benedict 
is the father of Western monasticism. So his whole idea was the rule. And so you uh, ora et labora, work and prayer. And so their lives were dedicated to the reciting of the, or the singing of the divine office. Also, they were great scholars. They were the ones who established universities in Europe. So that's what we have in terms of, uh, of the, the daily schedule. We're not, we're not monastic in that sense, but we follow a rule. And this is, comes from the idea of what Benedict had. Then as far as our spirituality, total consecration to Mary is not just another devotion to Mary. It's a total consecration. It's a total giving of oneself to the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, and to Jesus through Mary. And so everything that we do uh, is centered around this total giving of ourselves to Mary, not just the exterior practices, and as good as they are, but also the, the interior practices, doing everything, as St. Louis de Montfort says, by, with, in and for the Blessed Virgin Mary, for the glory of her Son, Jesus Christ. When I came and I stayed with the brothers, and, you, and you're living basically a monastic life, then everything became very regimented, and that was good for me. And I think it's good for most men and most people to have that regimen. But as far as like spirituality and, and getting down to you know, morning and evening prayers, meditation, what good books to read. You really have to make sure someone's on you uh, to, to get that type of formation in a family. Uh, one of the parents is just taking a real interest in that and not just the material aspects, you know. So the steps in our formation is a postulate for six months. Then after two years, you go up to a novice and so basically a more intense study, then you work up to your profession when you make your vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And a lot of people see those three vows as something negative, but when seen as something positive, they're just a means to a higher good. And so by poverty, we leave the things of the world. We exchange the world for God. By chastity, we exchange the love through the flesh to divine love. And by obedience, we give up our own will, which tends to lead to evil sometimes, or to just selfishness. We leave that behind for obedience to God. When seen in a positive light, they're just rungs on the ladder that lead to something much, much better. There's, oh, there's always going to be something you miss from where you've been, usually, for most people. But any challenging step you take, or any worthwhile step you take, demands sacrifice. People who join the military leave a lot behind. People who get married leave something behind. People who go to different countries for various reasons, even if it's just a study abroad, have left things behind. So yes, there's always that memory of what you left behind. But the rewards and what our Lord has asked of us should motivate us to take those challenges happily. Poverty, chastity, and obedience, those are all tools we use to not only sanctify ourselves, but sanctify the people around us. So the rewards, the benefits from those three vows are extremely, extremely sanctifying for us and for those around us. Poverty, chastity, and obedience go back to the Master, Jesus Christ. 
Okay, he's the poor man, he's the poor carpenter, he's chaste, he's single, and uh, he is the, the teacher of poverty, chastity, and obedience, obedient to his heavenly father, obedient to his own parents, um, Joseph and Mary. And so, yes, it has a, a, an austerity that scares or maybe frightens people who don't know the, um, the real purpose for it. But again, when we're talking about consecration to God, what could be better than to be detached from the things of this world? What could be more advantageous than denying oneself you know, the goods of this world in poverty, uh, in imitation of Christ? What could be more beneficial spiritually than living a chaste life and then a life of obedience under the, the rule of a superior? It's, it reflects uh, Christ himself in his life on earth. Someone told me, I forget who it was, but someone said, if you're discerning a religious vocation, you should look for generosity. And in, all, in any aspect of life, or all aspects of life. But also uh, detachment. That's, that's a big thing. You're stepping away from a lot of things. And in modern day society, there are a lot of things to step away from. So if, are they able to detach themselves? Then that's material you can work with. And someone who considers a religious life should be very willing to work hard to attain the goal of perfection. Someone should be very willing to do all that it takes, which is difficult sometimes as we all learn, to, to pray, to meditate, and to really make themselves a better person. But that will, that desire to become a saint is really what should drive that person. A person who would like to become a slave of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and adopt this life has to be a person, first of all, of prayer, a person who is willing to make sacrifices, willing to take up the cross and follow our Lord in the preaching of the gospel. Because we're not just a monastic community, we are a very active community. And our role here is to not only sanctify ourselves, but to glorify God and save souls. So I suppose you could say one who has deep faith, deep zeal, and is willing to make the sacrifices necessary uh, for self-denial in the life of uh, total consecration to Jesus through Mary. They have to be eager to learn, eager to work, eager to participate, and have a good disposition, get along with people, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I never had any doubts. It's all God's grace, and uh, I never had any doubts about where God wanted me to be once I came. It's been very, very peaceful life, really. I have a lot of help from the community. Perhaps when I was younger, I, I did think, you look at the future and you say, it might be hard to persevere, but I never, never thought I couldn't. I think the grace is there. The Brothers of St. Benedict Center strive to be a bridge between monastery and parish, priesthood and laity, suburb and countryside, try to encapsulate everybody. Their work is hard, but fulfills them in Christ. It may well be the most important work, actually, being performed in the face of the modern crisis in the faith right now. Ask yourself if God is calling you to join them in their labor. Men and women devote themselves to God to consecrate their whole life in a special way to God, who is infinitely worthy of total love and service to protect themselves from the corrupting influences of the world which easily lead to sin and to damnation, to atone for past sins and to make salvation the chief object of life, to make reparation for the supreme dishonor offered by so many 
who, despising God, love and serve themselves, and worse, Satan, to make reparation for the sins of the world, especially for those who neglect or refuse the grace of the call to religious life. Men and women devote themselves to God to join the ranks of the church militant, who fight on the front lines for God and for his church, to live the evangelical counsels in imitation of Christ's poverty, chastity, and obedience in the peace and order of a structured life, to live in close proximity to the blessed sacrament, and to receive the great blessings of daily mass and frequent reception of the sacraments. And why become a slave of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in particular? All of the above, plus the satisfaction of knowing that by your total consecration to Mary, you join her in the age-old conflict against the serpent that will end with the triumph of her Immaculate Heart and the crushing of his head. The Secret of Mary by St. Louis de Montfort If by the grace of the Holy Ghost you have learned the secret of Mary, thank Almighty God, for it is a great secret known and understood by only a few. If you have found the treasure hidden in the field of Mary, the precious pearl of the gospel, sell all that you have in order to buy it. You must make the sacrifice of yourself to the Blessed Mother. You must disappear in her so that you may find God alone. If the Holy Ghost has planted in your soul the true tree of life, you must do all you can to cultivate it, in order that you may yield its fruit in due season. This devotion is like the mustard seed of the gospel, which is the least indeed of all seeds, but when it grows up, it is greater than all herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air, that is, those who adopt this devotion, come and dwell in the branches thereof, and rest in its shade from the heat of the sun, and hide there in safety from the beasts of prey. This is the way predestinate soul to cultivate it. This tree, once planted in a faithful heart, requires the open air and freedom from all human support. Being heavenly, it must be kept clear from any creatures that might prevent it from lifting itself to God, in whom its origin lies. Hence, you must not rely on your own skill or your natural talents, on your own repute or the protection of men. You must have recourse to Mary and rely on her alone. The one in whose soul this tree is planted must, like a good gardener, constantly watch over it and tend it for it is a tree that has life and is capable of yielding the fruit of life. Therefore it must be cultivated and raised by the steady care and application of the soul. And the soul that would become perfect will make this its chief aim and occupation. Whatever is likely to choke the tree, or in the course of time prevent its yielding its fruit, such as thorns and thistles, must be cut away and rooted out. This means that by mortification and doing violence to ourselves, we must suppress and renounce all useless pleasures and vain traffic with creatures. In other words, we must crucify the flesh, keep recollected, and mortify our senses. You must also keep watch on insects which might do harm to the tree. These insects are self-love or love of comfort. They eat away the foliage of the tree and destroy the fair hopes it gives of yielding fruit, for self-love is opposed to the love of Mary. You must not allow destructive animals to approach the tree of life. By these animals are meant all sins. They may kill the tree of life by their touch alone. Even their breath must be kept away from it, namely venial sins, for they are most dangerous if committed without regret. It is also necessary to often water this heavenly tree with the fervor of piety in our religious practices, in our confessions, 
and holy communions, and in all our prayers, both public and private, otherwise it will stop yielding fruit. Do not become alarmed when the tree is moved and shaken by the wind, for it is necessary that storms of temptation should threaten to uproot it, that snow and ice should cover it, so as, if possible, to destroy it. This means that this devotion will of necessity be attacked and contradicted, but provided we persevere in cultivating it in our souls, we need not fear. Predestinate soul, if you thus cultivate the tree of life, freshly planted in your soul by the Holy Ghost, I assure you that in a short time it will grow so tall that birds of heaven will come to dwell in it. It will be a good tree, yielding fruit of honor and grace in due season, namely the sweet and adorable Jesus, who always has been, always will be, the only fruit of Mary. Happy the soul in which Mary, the tree of life, is planted. Happier the soul in which she has acquired growth and bloom. Still happier the soul in which she yields her fruit, but most happy of all, the soul which relishes and preserves Mary's fruit until death, and forever and ever. Amen. From the House Stops is produced by the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Still River, Massachusetts.